InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Nobody likes to get scammed, but research shows some Americans are more likely than others to fall prey to scammers. With the story, InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is Jeff Stalnaker, president and co-founder of First Orion, which is a provider of data and cell phone transparency solutions. His company commissioned a very interesting study of a specific type of scam and what consumers are most vulnerable. So, Jeff, the scam you were examining was related to the IRS. Tell us a bit more about how this particular scam works. This particular scam is one of the worst of all. This is when you get a phone call and the calling party indicates that they're with the IRS and in some cases might even suggest that they have an arrest warrant out for your arrest because you've not paid all of your income tax. And they suggest the repercussions are going to be very severe and very immediate. And many times these scams are only for a couple of hundred dollars that people can pay right then with a credit card. Those kinds of scams, and you can imagine using the name of the IRS, always gets everyone's attention. People are very susceptible to falling prey for, unfortunately, these kinds of scams. And when these scammers call, do they have some level of personal information on the person they're calling? It depends. In most cases, what you see is the IRS impersonator will maybe have the address. So they'll have something that generally is available in public records, but sometimes not even that. Just the name, Internal Revenue Service, Enforcement Action, you have unpaid taxes is enough to really warrant somebody's attention and frankly scare them into doing something that they don't owe, don't need to do, and shouldn't do. I think the most surprising part of your survey is who is the most likely to fall prey to this kind of a scam. Mostly, I think we would presume it would be senior citizens, but that's not the case here. You know, that's something that was pretty telling about this survey that we've been doing for a number of years. And what we see is really the millennials, so the younger group of young adults, if you will, falling prey to these kinds of scams, IRS being one of those, and frankly, other kinds of scams. So the elderly, for sure, the baby boomers are always susceptible to these kinds of scams. But that was very surprising. And in particular, when you talk to these millennials and they're six times more likely to give their credit card information out over the phone to a potential scam or a fraudster. Do you have any theories why the millennials are so gullible? Well, there's a couple of theories. The first one is, and what you see in this survey, is millennials sort of have this feeling that if something happens bad to me, I'll call the bank and they'll take care of it. If something bad happens to me, I'll call my mobile phone carrier. They'll do something about it. There are other people that can take care of this problem. Another theory that we have and that we see in this result is, generally speaking, millennials believe that their data is secure. We live in this world where there's a lot of security around their data so that if a scam artist calls a millennial and can give them any piece of information that might be personal or something available to the scam artist about that person, the millennial seems to think that, okay, this person has information on me. They must have gotten it from a source that is reliable and safe and secure. Therefore, they are who they say they are and therefore more likely to pass on additional personal information that at the end of the day can be very harmful to them. You mentioned the line of thinking that a bank or a cell phone company can maybe bail you out if something happens. Is that a valid line of thinking? 
You know, generally speaking, yes. And it's unfortunate because the bank is still holding the fraud, the amount of money that was actually taken from the customer. But generally speaking, many credit card companies will at least one time reimburse you or give you a credit. So that is true, provided that you've taken reasonable precautions to make sure you don't do it again, etc. There are exceptions to that, but that line of thinking has got some validity to it. Your survey, I believe, spoke to a 1,000 people, is that right? Yes, a 1,000 mobile users in the United States. And what percentage of those participants had received some kind of a scam call recently? If you look at the details of the survey, quite candidly, what you see is close to 40% had received a call from somebody impersonating the IRS. That's astonishing if you think about it. But 75% of those respondents indicated that they'd had a phone call that they believed to be nothing but a scam or a fraudster. Our guest on InfoTrack is Jeff Stolnaker, president and co-founder of a company called First Orion, and his company commissioned a survey that took a look at phone scams and who is most vulnerable these days. Jeff, how do they get the phone numbers to call people? Is it just random? People say to me, I thought my mobile number was not public and it was held private. And that's true. There are different restrictions for mobile numbers versus landlines. However, our mobile numbers to us are very sacred, but yet we sort of haphazardly throw them around. An example would be on your email signature, on your business card, on the side of your car. Because we use our mobile phones more and more for every part of our level of communications, we throw our number out more and more. And every time that we use that phone number for a delivery or our business card, et cetera, it has a chance to be put into the public domain and picked up by any one of a number of people, including fraudsters and scammers. Do these scam calls originate primarily from within the U.S. or are they coming from elsewhere? The vast majority are originating outside the United States. Certain geographies are more prevalent, such as India the Philippines, Jamaica, etc. But by far, most of these are originating outside the United States. And do cell phone carriers have the ability to block these sorts of calls? Well, I can say yes. We work with T-Mobile, as a matter of fact, where we insulate, at least identify an incoming phone call when we've identified it as a potential scam. We present to the user on their mobile device, scam likely. So we warn with the handset and with the actual name on an incoming phone call, the consumer of, watch out, this one could be a potential scam. If a user elects, they can use our service to say, hey, I want these blocked. I don't want to even be tempted to fall prey for one of these guys. So that's an opt-in, but the identification of a scammer is something that we provide to many carriers and through our applications that are available in the app stores. Was there anything else in your survey that you found particularly surprising? Inside some of the data from the survey, some of the trends or the most recent scams are always interesting. One that has gotten a little bit of publicity, but we should all be aware of, is when we get a phone call and you answer it and you may say hello, and the person on the other side is saying, just a minute, hold on just a second, can you hear me now? We call it the can you hear me now scam. And you say yes, and they'll say it again. Are you sure you can hear me now? You say yes. Usually three times of a yes. Now now they have your voice recorded for all kinds of potential scam and identity thefts. So that's always interesting is to see what the newest and latest, if you will, scam and techniques used by these bad guys. But certainly the fact that you see millennials and their attitude 
towards providing information out so loosely. The one thing I think is most fascinating about this is the creativity of the scammers in coming up with new and very creative ways to get people to part with their money. That's their business, right? They're in this business to find the newest and most creative way. And another recent one that we've seen pop up that we should all be concerned about is we've heard of the scam, hey, your Microsoft support center, we need to do something to your computer. But now what we've seen is a trend pick up where I call you and I say, hey, I understand you have a Dell computer or I understand you have an HP computer or Lenovo or whatever. Hey, we've noticed some irregularities inside your computer. We need to do some diagnostics, et cetera, et cetera. And because they know you have a certain kind of computer, and sometimes it's a guess, and sometimes they found that information otherwise, you sort of think, oh, okay, this is something legitimate, and okay, I'm going to give you control of my PC for a period of time. And we can all imagine and know, in fact, what happens when you let a scammer have access to your laptop or your computer. Jeff, is there someplace online where people can learn more? Absolutely. Please visit our website, privacystar.com altogether, or firstorion, F-I-R-S-T-O-R-I-O-N.com. Jeff Stallmaker, the president and co-founder of First Orion. Jeff, thank you very much for joining us today on InfoTrack. Well, thank you very much. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.